the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise Him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray it's being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. Although the Bible teaches us that God is a God of recovery and restoration, many saints, in fact, far too many saints, don't know it. One of the reasons why is because far too many saints don't know who our God really is. One of his Old Testament names is Jehovah Gamola, the God who recompenses. Recompenses means pays or gives compensation for, makes restitution for, damages, injury, or the like. That's something that all of us saints should like. We have a God who's willing to repay in full for the damages that are done to his people. He's a God who's willing to give compensation for and make restitution for the damages that were experienced in the lives of you and me, his children, his people, who he died to set free. He's a God who will give back what Satan has stolen and pay back what Satan is holding back in our lives. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's good to have a Jehovah Gamola in our lives, a God who is the God who recompenses everything that was lost in our lives. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's about recovery and restoration. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. We're in Joel chapter 2. Let's begin reading at verse 21. The Lord said, Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. He's talking about you and me. Praise God. Amen. Why? Because when we trust in the Lord, we won't be ashamed. Praise God. Well, we are not ashamed in the first place. Praise God. But yet at the same time, we can look back in our life and see some shameful things. Praise God. Some things were lost. Some things were stolen. Some things were taken from me and you. Some things didn't manifest like we thought it ought to. Praise God. And that was because the devil was involved in that too. But God is letting me and you know 
that he said this is what he's going to do and he's going to bring it so. And that is he's causing restoration and recovery that occur in the body of Christ right now. Praise God. He's causing restoration and recovery to come to the members of Word of Faith right now. Praise God. He's even called from restoration and recovery to come to Word of Faith right now. Praise God. And I'm excited about all of it. Praise God, because I'm involved in all of it. Praise God. I fit in all those categories, so I accept every bit of it. How about you? Praise God. Come on, receive what God has in store for you. God wants the recovery and restoration. Last few times we got together, we've been talking about the recovery and restoration of our health. The recovery and restoration of our health. I've been seeing that happening up in here. Praise God. Well, folk walk around looking all healthy. <clears throat> Praise God. Amen. Folk walk around looking all healthy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey, man. Hallelujah. Was the day they had tubes and now they walk around looking on YouTube. Praise God. And just enjoying life. Praise God. Like it ought to be. Because he's a good God causing recovery and restoration to happen to others as well as you and me. Well, that's what we've been talking about. But more recently, in fact, starting last week, we were talking about the healing of bruises and broken hearts. Healing of bruises and broken hearts. Because many times people think that the healing is merely a physical healing. But there is more to us than just a physical being. We have more parts of us than that. And yet every part of what of us is being restored by God. Not only is the physical portion being done so, but there's also bruises and broken hearts that have occurred that are restoring too. Turn to Isaiah chapter 30. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the word you've got too. Amen. Anybody here love God? We got something in common. Praise God. I do too. Praise God. He's a good God. He's easy to love. It's easy to love a a God like ours. That's why we love him like we do. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 26 read, it says, Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days. In the day that the Lord hath binded up the breach of his people and healed the stroke of their womb. Healed the stroke of their womb. We found out that that word stroke means contusions. Contusions. And we found out that contusions are injuries as from a blow with a blunt instrument in which the subsurface tissue is injured, but the skin is not broken. Where the subsurface tissue is injured, but the skin is not broken, meaning that people look like they find on the outside, but on the inside they hurt. People look like they find on the outside, walking around all divine, talking about amen, you know, healing and blessings of mine. But at the same time, there's a contusion that has occurred in them. Whereas they don't walk like they ought to. They don't have the mobility that they used to. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't do like they used to because they was hurt somewhere along the way. But we found out Jesus said that I came to heal the brokenhearted. Because sometimes people's hearts have been broken. Sometimes it's been broken by people that they were dealing with. Sometimes people that they shouldn't have been dealing with. Sometimes it was happening because of circumstances that they got in the midst of. And sometimes circumstances found them and, 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 and jacked them and they got brokenhearted too. People are brokenhearted in their relationships, brokenhearted in their families. They're brokenhearted in their churches. They're brokenhearted on their jobs. They're brokenhearted without jobs on the unemployment line. They're brokenhearted all over the place. But God is healing broken hearts at this time. And God is coming and causing the healing to occur. Set at liberty them that are bruised. Praise God. Hey, man, people that were crushed. God said, I'm putting them back together again. Humpty Dumpty had a problem because he couldn't find nobody to put him back together again. But we ain't got that problem because we got God. And he said he's putting us back to God together again. God, we found out is near those who are brokenhearted. He's right there with you. Nigh thee, ready to be able to be a blessing unto you. 
We found out that God will bring recovery and restoration by healing those people and their broken hearts. He's mending them. He's causing them to be healed, repaired, mended thoroughly and made whole to the point that once God takes control, it's going to be as though nothing ever happened before. It ain't going to be like no, no, no scar running through it. No, God said, I'll get rid of the scar that's even in it too. The hearts that have been broken, that were burst, because sometimes our hearts were broke, broke into pieces. But yet God said, I'm going to pick up all and mend all those broken pieces. I'm going to get rid of your wounds too, your pains, because some of us are still carrying pains because of what happened to me and you. But yet God said, I'm going to get rid of those pains and those sorrows, and they're going to be gone by tomorrow to the point that you ain't never going to have to deal with those no more. Because he's wrapping up firm and, and wrapping tight the brokenhearted like he said he would do. We found out God will reviewed, rev- revive the heart of those who are brokenhearted and crushed too. Because he's going to restore life to people. Because many times people are just going through life, not really living life like they ought to. They're just going through the motions. But they feel like they're drowning in the ocean every day that they do what they do. But God said, I got a lifesaver for you. It's me. I'm going to deliver thee. And I'm going to restore you. He said he's going to restore people's souls and God can return enjoyment to people's lives, too. And those that were broken hearted because of the losses that occurred in their lives, too. God said, I can restore them, too. And I'm excited about that because God's restoring that. He's restoring that for me and he's restoring that for you. Now, in order to receive the healing of being broken hearted and, 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 and hurt that God has for his people, it's important to be able to understand what it takes to be healed of the broken heart, as well as the bruises and the hurt that happened in the land. In order for us to receive this, now we already know God's going to do this. He already said he's going to do this. But now it's time to receive it. Because sometimes, even though we know he'll do it, we heard he'll do it, there's still sometimes a little gap between receiving it and letting him do it. Well, one of the reasons why people remain hurt and or brokenhearted long after the things that caused the contusion to be able to happen occurred, is because people still have unanswered questions about what occurred. Unanswered questions about what occurred. You've never been there, so you don't know what I'm talking about. Praise God, but a lot of times something happened to you. The question that runs through your mind from that point forward is, why did that happen to me? Why did this happen? Why? How did, how did this happen? How? Why, why did it happen to me? What did I do? What didn't I do? Why did this? Why did they do this to me? Why did they do this to me? What did I do to them? What did I do that deserved this? After I treated them so well, they treated me like hell. Why? Here's another one that people ask. Why did God let this happen? Why did God let this happen? God, you see everything. You know the end from the beginning. How come you didn't do nothing to stop this? I mean, I've been good. I've been living like I'm, I should be living. I've been giving my tithes and my offerings that I, that, that, that I said I'm supposed to be giving. How did this happen to me? Why am I sitting over here all jacked up? Was I not praying enough? I thought I was. But I guess I could have done more. Was I not reading my word enough? I thought I was. Read it more than I ever did before. But it seemed like the more I read it, the more the bruises began to come too. Seems like the more I stepped up and started doing what I was supposed to do, 
That's when I got slapped around by the devil. Why did you let that happen? Now, why did that happen? Got questions. Anybody know what I'm talking about up here? And these unanswered questions and lack of understanding about what happened is usually what allows the hurt from what happened to continue. The hurt from what happened to continue. It's kind of like picking a scab. Whereas the scab is there for it to heal, but we end up picking it off because we keep looking at it. We keep messing with it. We keep dealing with it on our own. But then it stays on and, and on and on. It's as though the healing won't occur until the questions are answered. In fact, the healing won't occur until the understanding is received for some people. Turn over to John chapter 10, please. Turn over to John chapter 10. We're talking about receiving it now, receiving it now. John chapter 10. Once again, take good notes for your friend. Praise God so they can know what to do to receive it. Because God is healing his people. Jesus came to give understanding of why hurtful things happen. Because that's sometimes where you got to begin. Is why even do hurtful things happen in the first place? Starting with verse 10. Letters in red is what Jesus said. You know he ain't never lied, right? He said, a thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. Now, notice here, Jesus gives us understanding of why hurtful things even happen in the first place. Hurtful things happen in people's lives because of the devil. Why did this happen? Because you're living in a world where the devil lives. But why did it happen to me? Because you're living in a world where the devil lives. But I've been reading my Bible Mm -hmm. in a world where the devil lives. I've been studying. I've been giving to. Yeah, I know. In a world where the devil lives. That's why it happened to you. Well, when's it going to stop, Pastor? When you go to heaven. So if the truth is anywhere they're told, you better understand that while you're under heaven. Because a lot of us have a misinterpretation of how a Christian is supposed to live. And what happens in the life of a Christian when a Christian lives like they ought to live. We have this fantasy that nothing's going to happen to you and me. We have this fantasy that ain't nothing ever going to come into the life of you and me. But the devil is a liar. The same one that's jacking you is the one that's t- telling you that lie. That ain't nothing going to happen to you. So that you can then turn around and look at God when something's happened. Or re-question yourself about everything that happened. You could be doing everything you're supposed to. And some things happen to you. It's true. He comes not but for to steal and to kill, and to destroy. Every man, girl, woman, and boy. Everybody, all the time. That's the only thing that's on his mind. But Jesus also tells us his purpose at the same time. That the same time that there's a devil in this world, there's a devil backbreaker in this world. The same time that there's somebody that destroys in this world, there's a restorer of everything that that person destroys in this world. The devil is the destroyer. Jesus is a restorer. Jesus' purpose is to give life and that more abundantly. Now, Jesus' purpose is to give life, more clarity. Jesus' purpose is to give life and that more abundantly to all those who the thief may have stolen from. All those to whom the thief may have stolen from. All those who may have been victimized by the killing the thief did. Because The thief is killing. And we might have been victimized by that. And or all those who may have experienced the destruction that the thief causes. Because the thief causes destruction. 
And we may have experienced that in our lives, people connected to us, people around us, us. Praise God, destruction has occurred. But Jesus brings recovery and restoration to all those people who've experienced the devil's destruction. That's good news. Because yes, the devil brings destruction, but at the same time, God brings reconstruction. And God can put back together again everything that the devil has stolen. But you have to understand that this thing is written for a reason. Interestingly enough, in his conversation there, in this passage, he talks about the devil then he talks about himself. Talks about the devil. Then he talks about himself. He talks about the devil and what the devil may do. Then he talks about him and what he's there to do. And one of the things that you have to understand in order to be able to receive this recovery from God's hand is that the devil may do something, but there's somebody there that can undo everything he did. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. But you still got to understand who did what they did. Because a lot of people, a lot of people, the problem is one of the reasons why they stuck because they still can't understand who did it. They still can't understand who did it. We're in Genesis chapter 3. You find out that's in scripture. It's one of the reasons why some of us have that difficulty. We can't understand who did it. We think we know who did it. Low down dog I was with. Low down people that I was with. Them folk, it was the man, it was the white man, the black man, the Hispanic man, it was that woman. It was that man, that, that dog. It, it, it was this, it was that, it was all, you know, we, we, we think we know. But this is, this is going to be good. We're going to look at Satan's first successful act of causing destruction and devastation on earth in the life of, of a man. His first successful act of doing it on earth. He did it before and tried to do it before in heaven, ended up doing it in heaven to an extent because one third of the angels fell with him when he fell. But yet I'm going to show you the first time he did it on earth. And there's going to be something that we're going to see from this. That's going to be very important to you. Those of you who are going to receive the restoration of the recovery that God has in store for you. Genesis chapter three, we'll begin reading in verse eight. Of course, this is after the fall. It says, and they speaking of the people who were involved in the fall, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, speaking of the Lord, who told thee? that thou wast naked. Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Now, God came to Adam. Why is that? Because God is a God of restoration. He already knew what Adam did. He wasn't quizzing Adam because he was lacking information. He was trying to aid and assist Adam in working with the restoration. God asked Adam two questions concerning his fall. Question number one, who told thee that thou was naked? Who told thee that thou was naked? Question number two, hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Hast thou eaten of the tree which I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Well, okay, you asked him two questions. Let's look at the answers. 
And, and, and the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to me to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. Okay. And the Lord said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. Stop there. God asked Adam two questions concerning this fall. Who told thee that thou was naked? He said, you're naked. Who told you you was naked? And number two, has thou eaten of the tree where have I commanded thee not to eat? Adam addressed the second question. He addressed the second question. He attempted to explain, not answer, but to explain the reason why he did what it is that he wasn't supposed to do. He tried to justify his actions of why it is that he was doing what he wasn't supposed to do. But notice, he never addressed the, se- the first question. He never addressed the first question. It's as though God never even asked him the first question when it came time for him to respond. You know that question, who told you that I was naked? Emphasis on who? Why is the emphasis on who? Because he wanted him to get him to focus on the reason why you're in this situation. So that you won't re-ask questions later. How did I get in this situation? Because somebody is always involved with every fall. Somebody is always involved with every contusion. When you ran into something or somebody, you, there was something or somebody involved in it. And we have to identify that. That's part of the problem that's plaguing people is that in their why questions is, is why did this happen? Why, why did this happen? Why did they do this to me? Why did this happen to me? Why, why, why? He came and asked him, who? Who told you that I was naked? Well, why didn't Adam address the first question? Well, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 tells us, gives us a clue why. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, who said this? I mean, who was he talking about? The serpent. Because you're looking like I ain't answering that. The serpent. He's talking about the serpent. But notice he says that the serpent is more subtle than any beast of the field. Before we go any further, let's do with this word subtle. The word subtle means cunning. Satan is cunning and crafty. Satan is cunning and he's crafty. He's a devisor of schemes, plans, things like that. Chicanery. So that he can be able to do what he want to do with you and me. But interestingly enough, Satan is not mentioned. Verse 3, it says, now the serpent was more subtle than near the beast of the field. Well, who's the serpent? That's the animal that Satan used. The animal that Satan used. One of the things that you need to understand when it comes time to being bruised or being hurt, being, being, I mean, being healed or being hurt, being healed or being bruised, being healed about what people did to you. Circumstances and situations that people were involved in that did to you. You got to understand that the person who orchestrated it is more subtle than any of the beasts of the field. They spoke of the serpent. Technically, the serpent didn't do it. The devil who used the serpent did it. The devil who used the serpent 
did it. Just like you think it was your husband, but it wasn't your husband. You think it was your wife, but it wasn't your wife. You think it was the person that you live with, but it wasn't the person you live with. You think it was your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your cousin, you know, uncle, poo, 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 all them, Ray Ray, all them, Miguel, Raul. You thought it was them. It didn't. No, you thought it was the Republican, the Democrat. You thought it was all that. No, it wasn't none of that. It was the devil who used somebody to get done what he did. Why is that important? Because many times we stop it. The question with what did they do and why did they do this to me? They, but, but you're looking at the wrong person. You're looking at the, the person who they used, not the person who abused. Because the people were used. Satan is the one who abused. He's more subtle than any of the beasts of the field. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you were blessed by what the Word of God had to say. I also hope that you're finding out a little more about how blessed it is to be a child of God by finding out that our God is not only a God who recovers and restores, but he wants to bring recovery and restoration in our lives now that we are become his children. I thank God for a God who's also a God of recovery and restoration. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. If you're in San Antonio or visiting San Antonio, come on through. We'll be more than glad to see you. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, no problem. We'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be so blessed when you do. I guarantee you, don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.